Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed, and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. My name's Nick Van Ruth. I am now the official campus pastor of Allgate. Calm down, calm down. It's all right. Uh, I was acting last week, but now I'm, I'm, I'm really into it. Uh, wrong touch ID. Come on. iPad's working. That's good. So one of the questions I had, uh, you know, coming in tonight and these last couple of weeks is what message uh, do I want to bring? What do I want to say is the first thing I preach on, the first thing I share as campus pastors. A whole range of different things I could talk about, but what I kept coming back to is what is the core of following Jesus? What is Christianity really all about? And, you know, a couple of people getting baptized tonight. What's that really all about? And what it's all about is the gospel. The gospel, the good news. Gospel means good news. Good news about Jesus Christ. Jesus, uh, the man who lived 2,000 years ago, was born and lived and taught and and lived a perfect life, taught um, amazing things and did amazing miracles. And then he died a horrible, horrible death on a cross and was buried for three days. But then defying all expectations, defying uh, our expectation and, and even defying physics, he rose from the dead, conquered and defeated at death. And then he, he uh, was around for a bit and then ascended to God in heaven and will come back again to make all things right. That's the content of the gospel. That is the good news that Christians believe and we ground ourselves on and what's the foundation of, of what we believe and who we are. What I want to talk about tonight is the impact of the gospel. What actually changes when we embrace that truth about Jesus? So to do that, we're turning to one of my favorite passages uh, in, um, in the Bible, uh, one of Paul's letters that he wrote in Ephesians chapter 2, in the first 10 verses. So if you have a Bible, you can open up there. It will be on the screen, but if you do want to have one to flick, or flick through and make sure I'm reading it right and that kind of thing, there's a, a, a drawer at the back. Help yourself to a Bible. If you're a guest here, you don't have a Bible, look, find one, grab one. That's yours. You can take that home and read it for yourself. I'm campus pastor now, so I've got permission to, to say things like that. Why don't we read, if you've got it in front of you, otherwise it's on the screen. Let's read this together. <clears throat> Paul, writing to a church in Ephesus, says, as for you, You were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live, or in which you used to walk in, when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because... Of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. 
And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. To summarize that in one sentence, Paul says, We were dead, but God made us alive. We were dead, but God made us alive. Now, if you were to look out onto the world and make an assessment, what's, what's the status of the world? How are we going as a, as a planet, as Earth at the moment? And, and, you know, some optimistic people might say it's going great, but I think a more honest assessment is that as much as we've been advancing technologically and socially and culturally, we haven't been... It's not tracking along with um, raising the universal standard of living and happiness and, and uh, fairness. There's, you know, it doesn't have to, uh, I don't have to say much to, to remind you of things like the global pandemic or um, the conflict in Ukraine at the moment and Russia and Europe. The mental health epidemic, like the, the world is struggling. And all, with all the resources this world has and the, the, how far we've come, we haven't yet been able to figure that stuff out. The world's incapable of saving itself. Paul's assessment, the writer that, of the, what I read before, his assessment's a lot harsher. Even beyond, not only are we unable to save ourselves, he says, we were dead. We were dead. He says, we were dead in our transgressions and sins. So transgressions means uh, the failing to obey the law that God has given, failing to, to, to live the way that he's shown us. Uh, sins means um, the failure to live up to a standard, to, to live up to his perfect glory, his holiness. We failed. And he says, Paul says, in which you used to live. Um, literally what it says is in which you used to walk in. So Paul is saying we're, we're on this path away from the God who created, the God of life and love. And if we're on this path away from the God of life, life and love, that path leads to separation from him. And it leads to death. It leads to a place where we, we don't want to be. Paul says we were following uh, the ways of this world, a world that says, it's all right, don't worry about all that sin stuff. Don't worry about God and, and you know, you are a great person. Just believe in yourself. Follow your heart. A world that is drawing us away, enticing us away from God, distracting us from God and thinking of important questions of faith and life. Paul says there's, there's another power at work as well. He says, and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who's at work in those who are disobedient. The ruler of the kingdom of the air sounds like a good character, but it's actually a, a phrase that Paul uses to refer to evil spiritual forces. 
the devil that's feeding lies, enticing and distracting and deceiving people away from God to be disobedient, to, to steer people away from God. Lies about who we are, lies about who God is. Paul says, all of us, all of us at one time, we're gratifying the desires of our flesh. All of us. This is a this is a reality. He's not talking about the world out there. Paul is one of the leading Christian leaders, and he's putting himself in that boat. All of us. We're broken. We're deceived. We're helpless. We're hopeless. We're dead. It's a grim reality. It's a harsh thing to, to hear. It's a hard thing, harsh, it's a hard thing to say. And Paul says, like the rest, like everyone, we were deserving of God's wrath. We were deserving God's wrath. Because if we follow this path away from the God of life and love, what God does is he gives us over to that. And that path leads to death. That path leads to separation from him. It's like the kind of image that Paul's presenting is like a, a broken pot, a jar, a clay jar that's broken, dirty, discarded. How can that jar fix itself? How can that jar get clean again? How, how can it um, realize its potential and purpose? It can't. It can't. But God, that's not the, 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 that's not the end of the story. But God, one of the greatest phrases in Scripture, but God, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive. So what Paul is emphasizing here is the utter helplessness of all people, that we are just absolutely helpless and hopeless without God, but God doesn't leave us there. He does something about it. But God, a broken jar can't fix itself, and Paul really stresses that. He says, even while you were dead in your transgression, God made you alive. A bit later on in 2 verse 8, it says you've been, sorry, it's by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. You didn't figure it out. You didn't find that secret prayer to pray or you didn't pick yourself up and get yourself to a certain standard and that's good enough for God. You, we were all helpless and hopeless, but God saved us by his grace because of his love, because of his mercy, not by works so that no one can boast. This, this reality is one that we need to understand we need to understand how bad the situation is to understand the, the impact of the gospel. We also need to understand that we can't fix ourselves. We're not the answer to our problem because we are the problem. But God. So we can't boast. If any Christian is out there thinking that I'm better than the rest of the world because I've figured it out, I've, I've, I've found the answer, we can't. That's not the gospel. That's not how we come to faith. It's not figuring it out. It's God coming to us. And the same, same um, 
the same instance, we, we can't despair feeling like we can't possibly save ourselves, that we're too far gone, that we surely we can't, we're not good enough for God to, to save us because we're so broken. And if people knew, if God knew the, the things that we've done and the things that we've thought that was really in our hearts. But do you know what? God does know. And He still loves us and He still shows us mercy and He still steps in to save us. And so we don't need to resist thinking that we're not good enough because we're not good enough. But God still loves us. So we were dead, but God. And the last part, made us alive. This is the reality of the gospel, the impact of understanding where we were and then trusting in what God has done for us leads to transformation. Transformation. In this passage, there's a whole heap of contrasts. We have the contrast, we were dead, but God made us alive. And that's, that's one of the things that baptism represents, of, of being buried and, and dying and, and recognizing that part of us that, that was dead and deserving of wrath and, and rejecting God has, been, has died with Jesus when he died. And that we've been made alive, that we come to life, that we're giving new life, restored. We, from, we go from being deserving of God's wrath to being shown His kindness. Verse 7 says, uh, we've been seated in the heavenly realms, in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us. That's what grace is, is being saved from the judgment we deserve and being shown kindness that we don't deserve. We go from following the ways of this world, following a path away from God, to be given a seat at His table. Verse 6 says, God raised us with Christ and has seated us with Him in the heavenly realms. This is, this is interesting imagery uh, that not only are we uh, cleansed and forgiven of our sins, not only are we saved and, and made alive and restored, but we're actually given a seat at God's table. We go from being enemies of God, rejecting and walking away from Him, be, being, being a, a seat on His table in His inner circle, His treasured possession. It's like this jar that is scattered, broken, rejected. Not only does God clean the jar, clean us, but He puts us back together. He makes us new again. And not only does He make us new again, He restores our purpose. He brings us back to put us on the mantelpiece. He brings it straight back to the pool room, if you know the the term uh, from the castle. If you don't, you should watch the castle. Straight to the pool room to be put in that place of honor, of value, of purpose. To be given a life that has uh, meaning and purpose to shine and to, to bring glory and honor to its creator and its owner. In the, at the end of this passage, Paul says, For we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The other, the last contrast is, at the beginning we were dead in our transgressions and sin in, in which we used to walk in. And you, 
that so we were on that path away from God. In the last verse, it says, For we are God's workmanship, creating Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to walk in. He's given us a purpose to bring peace and healing and goodness to the world. This is, this is the impact of the gospel. It leads to transformation. Changed lives. Going from death to life. Going from walking away from God to walking in what he has in store for us. Going from broken and scattered to being put in a place of honor, restored, cleansed, healed. Not because we figured it out. Not because we've, we've got it sorted. Not because of anything we've done. But because of his love for us. His mercy. His grace. Now, this is not just information to, to believe. This is a reality to embrace. And I believe if we embrace this truth, then we will see transformation. We will see people transform. And we have seen that. And we're about to hear stories of that happening from within the church with two people, Kate and Chip. This is a reality of the gospel, the impact of the gospel. And that's what baptism is all about. And so in a minute, we're going to have uh, Kate come and share and share her testimony, her declaration of faith. And then after that, we'll get baptized. And then um, Chip will come along and do the same. And what back baptism is, is an outward expression of an inward re reality. That we've, we've, we were dead, but now we're alive. And it's, ex it's, it's expressing what God has done in us. And in, in for our spirit, but also our bodies and the, the reality that we, we live in now. It's not some special thing that you've got to do. And it's not something that you need to be up to a certain standard in order to, to do. It's actually, it's not like we, we follow this Christian journey. And when we get to level six, you get the up, baptism upgrade. No, no, it's, it's, it's something that God, that Jesus commanded his disciples to do. Go, go and baptize all nations. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've taught you. It's not the end of the journey, it's the beginning. And it's not this confirmation that we've got it all sorted and we've got it all together. But it's, a, it's an honest expression that we are dead without God, that we are hopeless and helpless. But God is sharing that story of what God has done to make us alive. And so I'm going to pray, and then Kate's going to come up first. And what we'll do, just to explain the logistics, is Kate will come and share her testimony, and then we'll go and hop in this pool here that's nice and warm. And uh, we'll, I'll baptize Kate, ask her a simple question, and then baptize her in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then uh, what we'll, before we do that, we'll get everyone a crowd round and, um, in a very COVID-safe manner. And... Uh, and then after we baptize Kate, uh, we'll get a few people to pray for her. And then Kate will hop up. I'll probably stay in. And then Chip can come and, and do the same. So that's what's going to happen. So why don't I pray and I'll invite Kate up. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the work you have done. That is not up to us. That even though we've rejected you, even though we're ignorant of you, even though we've sought to go our own way and our down our own path and 
believe that we've got it all right. We thank you that even though we were rejecting you, you loved us. And you came down and you saved us. You saved us by dying the death that we deserved and by rising again and giving us new life. So God, we pray that you would help us to reflect on on that truth and how that reality that the gospel transforms us individually. And we pray for Kate and for Chip. We thank you for the transformation you've done in their lives. And now as they declare their faith in you and get baptized, we pray you would bless them and encourage them and encourage us. We thank you so much, Jesus, for everything you've done. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people, and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.